study. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1. In the fifth, 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kibar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you. We can come and learn. We pray for understanding. We pray that your word will bring us closer to you. That we can um, understand and better have better knowledge of the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. So many people just think of their lives as a just going to heaven. But no, no, salvation is a glorious thing. It's, it's a life being brought into um, a whole new world, a whole new life, a whole new set of, of governing principles. And Lord, and I just pray that you help us as a church to grow spiritually in our understanding. Give us insight to the things that we have in Jesus Christ. Give us a call God, that we might work, walk worthy of that call, but in order to walk worthy of that call, there has to be an understanding of the call, the greatness of the call, and that you reveal that call to us, Lord, it begins to motivate us, inspire us to walk worthy of that call. And so I pray that you will continue to open our eyes, you will continue to help us to understand the things that you have for us in Christ things that you're calling us to walk in, just even now, just in this in time and space, in this generation. And I thank you, Father, for the word of God that gives us insight, reveals the way, reveals Jesus Christ to us. And so thank you so much. May, may you grant us a, uh, just, a, just a freedom to understand and focus on the word of God and not to be distracted. We pray this. Amen. So we've been looking at, um, you know, I felt my heart, I've been praying for God to raise up um, a prophetic people. I know that word is used a lot, and I'm, I'm careful to use that because it's, I don't usually use that. But uh, there, is, there, is a, there is something about prophetic, something that I think is, is, when you look at the life of the prophets, I see something. I see, when I see Jesus Christ as the fulfillment of all the prophets, I, I see something of how God wants us to live, how God wants us to walk. God's called us. God's called us into something magnificent. So um, so we, we've been looking at just some implications, some meaning, significance of what, what do I mean by prophetic? Now, I, do, I don't mean, first of all, the gift of prophecy. That's a beautiful gift, God, the gift of prophecy. Um, Paul says you know, that we should always be praying that we could be, um, that's the one gift that he says, hey, pray that God would use you prophetically to speak um, encourage and build up so pray for that but that's that's not what I'm talking about but I'm talking about something a little more profound than just that secondly um, what I'm looking at is a life a life that reveals that it's going to reveal certain aspects of the Lord's relationship with his people in the context of your life in the context of personal life so that so that all of your life is caught up all of your life is caught up in God's work in history God wants us God does not want us to compartmentalize our lives. You know what I mean by that? Compartmentalize. Okay, this, I go to church on Sunday, but then the rest of the week is me. I do my thing, right? <laughs> like 
many people live like that. You know, I, I give God my little slot, but then I live for myself. And um, and God, you know, and many of us, you know, we 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 sometimes we don't we don't realize until we come under the discipline of the Holy Spirit and be, and we be, we begin to understand that our lives we are no longer our own. All of our lives belongs to God. All of our days, all of our moments are God's. And God has purposes and plans on Sunday morning, on Sunday evening, on Monday afternoon, on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday. There's this this robust, uh, complete um, will of God for us to walk in. And and I believe that a prophetic life begins to understand that my life is for God. So thirdly, the Lord uh, raises, um, there's a spiritual discipline that he brings us into this prophetic life. You know, he's got to do a work. That work involves um, breaking the stronghold of self-centeredness. So so a self-centered life, you know, we come into Christ, and just because we're saved doesn't mean that the the self-centered life is broken. God has to break the self-centeredness that that really – imprisons us all in self-centeredness. It's something that is just, we don't plan to be self-centered. It's just by, by the fall, sake of the fall, we are self-centered. But the Spirit of God comes in and begins to do a work and, and begins to really discipline to the degree that we surrender to the Lord, right? A, a lot of it we resist. A lot of it we are resistant to the God's dealings. And the Lord is patient, and he, you know, he disciplines us, you know, and brings us a little along. Praise God for it, right, that he doesn't just give up on us, right? But he, but then, then you begin to submit your life to what the, what God wants to do in your life, and little by little, it begins to break the stronghold of a self-centered life. He begins to show you that you're not the center of the universe. And then, secondly, what he does is that he be, he begins to create a genuine concern for God's people, uh, uh, a genuine concern. God begins to break the self-centeredness, and then he replaces that with his family, a concern for his family, a concern for his children. And it, his concern for his house replaces that fundamental concern that we have for ourselves. And then it becomes more about God's people, God's will, God's purposes. And that's, that takes time, and all of us are in the journey. None of us have arrived. None of us will ever arrive at the side of heaven. We will always be um, growing in these things, hopefully. So, um, but then fourthly, we, we, we said last week that the Lord raises a prophetic instrument in a time of spiritual decline. So in a time of spiritual decline and apostasy among his people, that's when God really stirs up. That's when God is looking, God is seeking to raise up um, these, these servants of him. We see that in Judges, Judges 6, verses 8. The Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. Now, you, we, we get used to these phrases because we read the Bible so often times, but, you know, stop. The Lord sent a prophet. This is a, perf- a person who has come under the discipline of God it, before this moment, right? Before he, he's sent as a prophet, God has been preparing this man. He's been breaking him. He's been going through the discipline of, it's not about you, bro. It's about my people. And putting in and depositing in this prophet, right? The Bible doesn't tell us who this man is. Well, we know he's all we know is a prophet. But depositing in in this person God's purposes, understanding. But there came a point when now God raised him up, and now he's ready to he's ready to serve God's purposes in the midst of the kingdom, right? In the midst of God's people, and in particularly, he raises this man in a unique time. 
And he said, the Lord sent the prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. He's now a spokesman. Isn't that beautiful? That's I, lo I love the prophets. Uh, they, they, now they're, they're speaking on behalf of God. Right? I mean, sometimes th that's, what, that's what's beautiful. The more, more we let go of ourselves, the more we die to ourselves, the more we're not concerned with ourselves, the more God can fill us with himself, and now we can speak on his behalf. Right? Because when, when there's, no, there's no two kingdoms fighting anymore. So this man, he, could now, he said, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. Verse 9. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians, from the hand of all who oppressed you. So this, this man is speaking. God, God's word is coming forth out of this man for the people. And God is just speaking to the people through this vessel. And drove them out before you and gave you their land. Verse 10. Right in verse 10. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So in a moment where the people have drifted, uh, God sends a prophet, a prophetic instrument in that time. So God raises prophetic instruments when the people particularly have gone astray. Now, we, we, we can recognize that in our day and age today, um, there has been a great decline among God's people, great decline. And so I believe that God do, does want to stir up those who would be raised up with a concern for the house of God. So the, the prophet's going to embody this spiritual principle of concern for God's house. You know, I hope that these, this series has helped you to ask yourself, how concerned am I for the people of God? How concerned am I? Is my, what in my life, what in my life shows that I'm concerned for what's happening among God's people, right? So th those, are, those are good questions to ask yourself. Am I concerned? And then second question is, what am I doing about the concern, right? So <laughs> the concern is not enough. At the end of the you know, praise God for the concern. But, but what I'm telling you is that for us to be, even become concerned, God has to deal with us. Because we're just not made to have concern for others. We just, it's just not our, God deals with us little by little and begins to enlarge our capacity of our heart to care for what God is uh, promised in his word. So these prophets, they, they will embody this principle of concern for his people more than any other group in the Bible, more than kings, more than priests. The, the prophet is going to really carry this, and that's why we're interested. And I'm praying to the Lord for that the Lord would um, do that in our midst. So today we're going to take another, another ch chunk that um, I, I spent a lot of time this week thinking a lot and praying a lot, so... We're going to continue this, this, this series and look at another principle of prophetic life, uh, which is very important. And, and what we're going to ask the question is, what's the purpose? Why does God raise up a prophetic instrument in a time of decline? What is he after? What's the point? Yeah, to speak God's word, but is there more to that? Is there more... How can we understand this better? You know, how, what, what is it that God is after in a prophetic instrument in a time of decline? What is God after? Now, this topic, the more I, I prayed about it, thought about it, I realized, wow, this is a vast topic. And we're going we're gonna to start to give you a, um, just start to walk in it. I think this is an important topic for every believer. The Lord raises a prophetic instrument, right, um, in a time of spiritual decline in order to bear going to be the, the central thought. 
the Lord raises up a prophetic instrument in a, on the skirts of the choir to bear the testimony of the messenger. So the more I thought about this, the more I prayed about it, I said, oh God, <laughs> you need to help me to, I want to understand this. Uh, I, had, I thought I had uh, an understanding, but I, there were more questions you know, that I began to ask. What, to bear the testimony. Why does the Lord raise up as prophetic? To bear the testimony in a time of decline. So we're going to look at, we're going to begin, this will be part one, because, um, you know, today might be a little shorter. just want to lay some, um, some introductory remarks. Go, go to Joshua 14, Joshua 4, verses 15, 16, bearing, bearing the testimony of the Lord. The Lord wants you to bear the testimony. I think this is the, the ultimate call of the prophetic instrument, the vessel that God raises up to precisely to bear the testimony. And, and that's really interesting, you know, when I, when I think of it that way, because you know, I, I can think of so many other ways to put it. But that's the biblical way to put it. It's like the, he wants to bear the testimony. And the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony. We're going to get into, uh, we're going to see this, this, this theme of testimony as essential in the Old Testament, foundational. But this is just, this is just, uh, 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 command the priest bearing the ark of the tent to come up out of the Jordan. The priest came up out of the Jordan bearing the ark of the testimony. There's tremendous spiritual significance in this, in this, in this, in the, that is really, um, helpful for us as believers. The, the word they're bearing means to lift up, to raise, to actually to take it higher. So to take, to go from a lower to a higher is you raise, is the, the word there is to raise up, to lift. So there, there is this idea that God wants us to lift the testimony. God has given us something and there's this, now this is all spiritual, right? Don't, 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 don't think that we're going to next week, we'll, be, we'll bring in a, a wooden box. <laughs> like, it, it, this is a spiritual reality, right? Spiritual reality that as believers, by the spirit, there's going to be a lifting up of the testimony. And in, 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 in the act of that, something phenomenal happens. Right? Um, we can actually see it. Um, this is just a preview of, of just setting kind of just setting some things. Uh, look at Joshua 4, 17. Look what happens. Um, so Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And when the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant, right, which was previously called the Ark of the Testimony, so we'll get into that maybe next week. But w when the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters on the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed its, all its bankruptcy. So in other words, God did a miracle. But dependent the condition to that miracle, what was one of the conditions to that miracle? Right? Bearing the ark. So, so in here, there's wonderful like implications for us. Like, wow. And, and these are things that we should be praying about. Lord, um, in bearing the ark... Right, and all these things are just beautiful fulfillment in Jesus Christ that we just don't, you know, don't have time to get into, but has tremendous implication for all of our lives that as we bear the testimony, 
that in the moment we hit on Jordan. Jordan is a, the word there is to go down. I believe it's to descend. It's a type of death. It's a type of that which keeps you. What's between Jordan? You guys know what's between Jordan? The wilderness and what is it? The promised land. Right? So we got the wilderness, Jordan, promised land. Right? So, so very, very important. All these things are not, are not just geographical facts. <laughs> this is like spiritual glorious things that, right? There, there's this wilderness, wilderness of death, right? The people died in the wilderness, unbelief. Jordan, keeping people from the promised land, keeping people from fulfilling the things that God has called you. And there's a Jordan. Every one of us have a Jordan smack running through the, our, our very veins. <laughs> you know, there's a Jordan of death. That, that, but God didn't just say, oh, Jordan, open up. No, God has a method. Bear the Ark of the Testament. Once you bear the Ark, now you can, now you can walk. <laughs> and the moment, you're, I mean, the moment the foot hits the water, bang! God opens it up, and they have access into the promised land. Is, is bearing the testimony important? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can already start to see that, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, these are good, sometimes good corrections to our perspective of what is Christianity, what is God calls us to do, and, and God has ways to describe to us what I'm after. One of those ways is he wants us to bear the testimony. And so we're gonna, we want to we wanna understand that. So the coming up out of the Jordan is a real type of Christ's defeat of death and his resurrection. All these things are just so beautifully tied to all that Jesus did. And I, we, we could just go on and on. And um, I hope that you can just read it. And, um, but the condition for this death um, and defeat of death is, is bearing the testimony. So I'm just kind of giving you, you know, the important that a prophetic instrument is called to bear the testimony. But you see already the principle already already applied in here in Joshua. And we'll actually see it even applied before. So the, the prophetic instrument not only possesses a concern for the house, right, but he himself will bear. That's, that's the word that, that is, he will bear the testimony. He will, he will, it will be placed upon him. The word there also means to take up. He will bear it. He's not just going to um, be concerned. Um, in fact, the concern is already that he's bearing it. Does that make sense? Um, th does he already has a concern for the house. He's beginning to bear the testimony. He's beginning to enter into emotionally, spiritually, um, with a, into an understanding that, you know, the unbeliever and the person who's carnal it doesn't really have no clue. But the, the person who has submitted himself to the Lord, and, and he, begins to, uh, he begins to see and understand the way God, God is calling him, and then he starts to feel a concern. That concern does not come from us. That concern comes only from God. Amen? That, that, that's, you can't muster that up. We don't really care. Let's just be honest. We don't really care that much. But when God, the Holy Spirit, is in us, he gives us new affections, new desires. And when the Holy Spirit is alive, he begins to share with us his concern. Amen? And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important so that because if you're looking to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, just, uh, you know, I'm just the way I am. Who cares the way you are? 
<laughs> right? It's not about you. It's about God living inside of you. And the question is, how is God? <laughs> we can do all things. Through. So, so God, don't, don't limit yourself to your personality. Don't limit yourself. This is just the way I am. Yeah, that's the way we all are. But God is able to give you real concern, real love, real mercy, real compassion that, does not, that has no source in you but has its source in Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's why Jesus saved us, so that we may enter into that ministry. He didn't just save us so that we can go to heaven, right? Oh, I'm going to heaven. I got my, I got my passport. <laughs> no, he, 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 he saved us with, so that we can enter into the ministry. Then don't, don't think vocational ministry. Don't think like a pastor. The ministry of Christ involves everything that is spiritual that God is accomplishing in this world through his people. Amen? So I, I just wanted to encourage you. Think deeply about the things of Christ. Don't, don't just say, well, I'm, I'm saved. There's more to salvation than just that our sins are forgiven, right? And so, and we begin to see that part of that, part of that job description, part of that calling is to bear the testimony. Bear, let's, we're going to bear it. One of the most important aspects of the, of the, of the Christian life. So, so that's one of the reasons why I really um, appreciate the Old Testament prophets and these, even in this case, the priests, because they really teach us what it's, what's going to mean to bear that testimony. Like I said, more than any other. Re, if you read Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, they just have a unique character to the way they, the, in their engagement with God. They, they, it was just so, um, it's so profoundly, they were so caught up in, in all that God was doing with, among his people. They were, even when they didn't want to, I mean, right? It's not like they're like, I signed up. No, they're like, Lord, give me a break. In fact, I'm not speaking a word no more. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm going, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Sorry. You know, and, and, and they, in the bend. But then, but, but it was like Jeremiah said, but then I, I, I felt something burning <laughs> inside of me. I, I have to speak. You know, so it's not like he had any choice in this in, 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 in a way, right? He had this sense burning in him. That's what I love about the prophets, you know. And God wants to do that in us, amen? But all of this, um, the testimony of the Old Testament prophets anticipates ultimate fulfillment in the testimony of Christ. Look at John 5.36. Like I said, this is more like introductory, and I'm giving you, because I know the topic could be complicated, but I'm giving you, I'm giving you a little bit of, uh, of a broad introduction so you can see. I'm kind of waiting your appetite. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like, this is an important topic. Jesus says, but the testimony that I have, there we go. Never thought about that, right? When you look at testimony now, you see it through a different light. The priest raised and now Jesus himself now talks about the testimony. The testimony that I have is greater than that of John. So, so clearly what Jesus is, gonna, is going to um, give us is going to be of, of greater, of greater uh, climax, right, of, of what is that testimony, right? For the, works, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So here he has, here he has Jesus, and Jesus is concerned about the testimony. And notice that Jesus says the testimony that I have. I have it. I have a testimony. I have something called a testimony. So Jesus sees bearing this testimony as central to his mission. Bearing testimony. You need to see bearing testimony as central to your mission. Right? It's not just coming to church. It's not just having a Bible. You know, it, to, let's, let's say, God, I'll, you're calling me to bear the testimony wherever I go. 
Now, you can't make it up, but you're ready, right? The Bible says, you know, be ready to give, right, an answer in season, out of season. So bearing testimony. Everywhere we go, everywhere you go, you have to get, we're bearing testimony in some way, shape, or form. He has a testimony. Um, and, and in many ways, you know, the ministry of Christ can be summed up in this notion of bearing the testimony of the Lord. Look at John 3.31. Um, he who comes from heaven is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets the seal of God in his spirit. Right. So you see, Jesus, you have Jesus talks about the testimony. Right? Jesus clearly, and we're going to come back to how and try to connect some dots with the ark, the temple, and all that, and see how Jesus fulfills all that. But I just going, just helping you to see that God is calling us to Jesus um, uh, uh, bore the testimony, and now if you are in Christ, He wants you to bear the testimony too. Amen. And then. Um, we, we find that bearing the testimony is essential for the believer. Right? We see that in Revelation 12. Look at Re Revelation 12, 10, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation, power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. He's been thrown down. The devil, this is the devil. He accuses you, right? You know? Right? No, the devil's constantly right, accusing you. The devil's constantly speaking. Can you discern the voice of Satan when he speaks? Right? When he, no, can you discern and say, what? Well, no, that's a lie, Satan. We should be able to discern Satan's voice. Right? Sometimes it's dangerous. Um, if, you, if Satan speaks to you and then you react and respond to that, that could be a very dangerous sign. That means you're failing to discern. If Satan comes to us. He, he comes to us to, to suggest things. And you think it's just you, but it's Satan. So he's accusing us day and night, right? Accusing them day and night before God is a constant, a constant you know, uh, right? A, a lot of times um, his word is meant not only to discourage you, but to bring division. And we have to be able to recognize, right? But notice what in verse 11. And they have conquered him. Who's he talking about? Our brothers, right? They have conquered him. How did they conquer him? By two things. One is one that they cannot do. And they have no part in it. And the other one is they have very much a part of it. By the blood of the lamb, right? That's God's work. That's Christ's work. Amen? You can't touch that. But there's also this idea of testimony, by the word of their testimony. So now you begin to see that this, this bearing testimony has power to defeat Satan. Interesting, right? Right. Some of us want to say, I, I conquered by the blood of the Lamb. No. And, and by the word of their testimony. So there's a testimony at work involved in really experiencing, right? Because Satan's already been defeated. You don't defeat Satan by the testimony. You just realize, you enter into like a realization that he's defeated. You, you no longer succumb to the lies of Satan. The truth is revealed by way of testimony, by the word of it. So, so, so this idea of testimony, if you, if you struggle with the accusations of the devil and you're harassed in your mind, 
Well, we know Jesus did not fail in his blood, so that, that, that part is covered. <laughs> but sometimes what's failing is the word of our testimony. That's what's failing us sometimes. We, we fail to believe. We fail to declare with our voice. We fail to take up and embrace and agree with, with what God has said is true, right? Right? He who believes his testimony says to his seal that God is true. And we sometimes waffle. And we, we, we waffle, and that's where the enemy can get, get a foothold. But the testimony is going to be so important that we, that we embrace this testimony as, as, a, as a real engagement in our warfare against the enemy. Right? And so we, so we, but in order to do that, you have to bear the testimony. Amen? And so they've conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. This is a unique power. This, the testimony of the Lord has great power. Great power to, sep- to really uh, cause self-love, right? This whole idea, they love not their lives even unto death. Amen? So when the Lord raises a prophetic instrument, it is for the purpose of bearing the testimony of the Lord. And, and this is a, this is a, a wonderful topic, and I'm, I'm going to just go into it maybe for a couple of weeks. And, and the testimony will be powerful, and it's effective to accomplish God's redemptive purposes. But we have to understand it. God has, um, God wants us to understand this. You know, a lot of people just probably as- associate bearing the testimony of, Lord, uh, of the Lord just with evangelism. It's more than evangelism. It's more than witnessing to someone else about Jesus. I want you to take a broad view that when we bear the testimony of the Lord, that, and you'll see that in Paul, you'll say, hey, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Suffer. Right? So, so he's, he's, he's not talking there like, uh, witness to your neighbor. No, there's, there's something more going on than just witnessing to your, to your neighbor. There's a suffering. There's a passionate part in this testimony that God wants to bring us into, right, uh, in order to raise this concern, right, for, for his people. So, um, so, so it's more than just evangelism. It, it, it includes that, but it's more than that. Um, it's going to be central and a foundational pillar of how God is accomplishes his purpose in our lives. So, you know, so I, like I said, we're going to just, we're going to, I'm going to give you some things to whet your appetite. And then we're going to close with this. Um, I've been, I've been praying a lot about this topic. And, and I, I, the more I think about it, the more I pray about it, the more I realize, oh, this is so important. I want you to teach me to bear your testimony in a more conscious way. I want to be intelligent, spiritually intelligent. I don't want to be like, oh, <laughs> the Lord's doing my work despite me. <laughs> I want to be able to understand Jesus understood the testimony. He says, I, my testimony. He wasn't oblivious to the testimony. And I'm praying, praying, so Lord, I want to understand what it means, the significance of bearing the, the testimony of the Lord, especially in these days that I believe God is calling us to bear the testimony. But l- look at some things. Like, let me just give you some scriptures uh, about the testimony, that just to help you to pray about it, help you to meditate about it, and say, Lord, I want to I wanna, I wanna know, under, understand what this means you know, and Jesus Christ has secured all of this stuff for us, all of it. Isn't that awesome? He has secured it all. So you don't have to, you don't have to, it's already guaranteed. It's, he has secured it for us. So now he's inviting you into his life. He's inviting you to take up, you know. And look at, look at this one. The testament of the Lord, look at Psalm 19.7, makes us wise. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. 
But whatever we're talking about, bearing the testimony, it, it makes you wise. Right? The word there, simple, is naive. Spiritually naive. You really don't know. Wise has to do with, you know, just being able to make right decisions. You're wise. Marked by an exercise of good judgment. The testimony of the Lord making wise decisions, right? Do you lack spiritual understanding and wisdom? The testimony of the Lord it, it, it's an instrument in making us wise. Look, look at um, Psalm 119 too. Psalm 119 too. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. There's a special blessing given to those who actually keep and treasure his testimonies. But if you, if, you, if you don't know what the testimony is, how can you keep it? Right? Oh, play, uh, you know, and, and he's not saying fundamentally, he's not saying how Jesus saved me. That's my, my testimony. <laughs> That's my, right? It, it's more than that. This testimony is in Jesus Christ. There's, 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 there's a truth in Jesus Christ. But blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Amen? You know, um, that word blessed means to be happy. Right? Look at thirdly, um, look, at, look at Psalm 119.24. Your testimonies are my delight. It's the Lord, the testimony of the Lord is a source of great delight and pleasure. Right? It, it, he says it here, your testimonies are my delight. Now, yeah, we, we're going to be talking, yeah, the, the law, the word of God, generally, yes. But I think there's more, there's more substance to just saying, oh, just the word of God, be great. There's something, there's something unique about the testimony, which we'll look at next week. That what is it? What is it about that testimony? You know, this word delight just referring, refers to um, feelings of extreme pleasure. Just pleasure. The testimony of the Lord brings delight to your soul. Look at um, Psalm 119, um, verse uh, 129. Your testimonies are wonderful. Are wonderful. Testament of the Lord are, are wonderful, are absolutely wonderful. They're, they're wonderful. The, the word there is, um, is also um, to cause feelings of wonder and awe. Um, look, look at um, Exodus. It's the same word, Exodus 15, 11. Uh, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? The testimony of the Lord is just wonderful. There's something God wants. As a prophetic instrument, you bear the testimony of the Lord you're going to bear something wonderful. You're going to bear something that brings great delight. You're going to bear something that's going to make you wise. Right? It, it, it's, I'm, I just want to encourage you to praise the Lord. Help me be an instrument to bear the testimony of the Lord. Give me understanding. Give me understanding. I want to know what that means. I don't want to just go around my life and just kind of assume that I know. that. Give me understanding according to your word. Let me, let me understand so that I can enter into giving uh, bearing the testimony of the Lord. Now what's interesting is the same word that is used in Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9 chapter uh, chapter 9 verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us the son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful. Same word. 
So you can see that this testimony has essentially is something, something about Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. It's, it, so here we hear this the, the Isaiah. Isaiah he sings something about this testimony. Yep. And that in this testimony, there's something magnificent about Jesus Christ. That is a source of great delight, great joy, wisdom, right? So we're starting to we're starting to make connection now. God wants us to bear the testimony. Amen. And so, and I believe that, you know, God wants to do that in our midst. You know, do you lack a sense of wonder in the things of God? Right? Is Jesus a wonderful counselor to you? Well, how many of us want to better understand this idea of bearing the testimony of the Lord? I want to bear the testimony. I want to bear, you know, I want to bear it. But, I, but we, you know, we, God wants to teach us. God wants to show us how do you bear How do you, you know, God wants to teach us. How do you bear this magnificent testimony? How can we be like those priests that raised up testimony? And as soon as death came, God's power just released, right? Right? There's something about that testimony that God, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, that God is so committed to that testimony that he, all divine power and resources are behind that testimony. And God wants us, God has called us, you and I, to bear, to be couriers of the testimony. God has entrusted you and me with his testimony. Think about that. It's the most magnificent thing. He's entrusted you and me with it. To bear that testimony. So I want to pray. Um, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up next week. But I want to leave with this prayer. Um, I want to leave from, from Ephesians 1.16. That the Lord grant us. You know, do we need this testimony in our day and age? What do you guys think? Do we need? We do need it badly. You know, people, um, so many believers that just have no joy, no, and, and it's the testimony. It's, it's an issue with the testimony. It's an issue, right? They're not connecting with the testimony. Because the testimonies are wonderful. The testimony brings great delight. So if our lives are lacking joy and lacking, like, a sense of wonder, it's tied to something with the, a, a failure in the testimony to bear it, to receive it, right? To understand it, you know, obviously these things are, are spiritual matters, and, um, and these things are not easy to understand sometimes because they're spiritual. They're spiritually discerned, right? That's what Paul makes it very clear. They, can o- they only discern by the Spirit of God. The Spirit interprets the things, right, R- of the realities of God. But he makes, but don't, don't, this is temporal. What you see, you might feel, this is all passing away. The spiritual remains forever. The spiritual is the reality. This is temporary, right? So it's, the rea- it's just to encourage us, God, give me eyes to see. Give me a heart to understand. Because if we go by our senses, you'll never define, you'll never discover anything. But if we, if we put our eyes on the Lord and start to really ask God, open my eyes, right? And this is what Paul does in Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll close with this. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because Paul understands that we need the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. To bear, you know, we want to bear the testimony of the Lord. Say, Lord, teach me how to do that. Teach me practical ways. You know, sometimes the first, the Lord might allow you to do something practical, then he gives you understanding. Or sometimes he gives you an understanding that you can, you know. But the Lord wants us to understand the, the importance, the significance, so that as the, the more you understand the importance, you begin to arrange your lives. You begin to wake up in the morning with a little bit more purpose, with a little more sense of I understand the purpose of today. I know what God wants to do in my life today. I'm starting to understand what he's calling me to. And it makes us more vigilant. It makes us more determined. Say, God, thank you. You're giving me understanding. Let my life bring glory and honor to your name. But at the, the more we don't understand, the, we don't, we, we're not motivated to really submit our lives to the Lord. But, but Paul is praying for the Ephesians church. He says, I'm praying that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That we would understand, amen, the, the magnificent. I, lo- I, lo- I, love, um, I love when um, Manoah, right, um, I think it was Samson's dad, and the angel came, and he's doing this, um, and, and, and Manoah's like, wow, the angel of the Lord, and he, and he does this magnificent thing, and he turns, and the angel just, just does this wonderful like uh, offering to the Lord, and Manoah says to him, hey, what's your name? Anyone know what the angel said? He says, I can't say my name. My name is too wonderful. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like, you know, that's Christ. That, 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 that wonderfulness is Jesus Christ. I can't tell you. It's too wonderful. Right? Sometimes we, our, our Christianity is just so dull because we're failing to see and discern the wonder, the glory, the beauty of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're praying for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. That you may know. That's a spiritual knowing. Right? That's knowing that comes by a revelation of Jesus Christ through the word of God. Right? That there's, a, there's a knowing. I'm starting to know. He wants us to know. But, you know, Paul said, well, they already accepted Jesus Christ. What is there else to know? There's a lot more to know. Amen? There's a lot more to know, you know, that you may really know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Paul is trying to get the Ephesians. Look, this call is magnificent. Open your eyes. Don't, don't just go come in and, okay, now I'm a Christian with my Bible. No, understand there's something greater that God is calling us to. And my heart desire is to awaken in all of us a sense of wonder to the call of God. That we could give ourselves fully, because not because I told you, not because your mom told you, not because your dad, not because your husband, right? But because you're starting to see that God is great. And that this call, we're starting to understand what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in you. Right? That, that's phenomenal language. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness. How much of, how much of American Christianity measures up to this? These kinds of, it, it, come on, let's be honest. It's like, 
this is another another religion. <laughs> it was like, right? Can you guys feel that sometimes? This is something else. This is not Christianity. But this is Christianity. What we have is, is, that, is that the real deal? You know, what the measure of greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might. Amen? Now, none of us are going to arrive perfectly, but I believe the Holy Spirit puts this in front of us that we might pursue it by faith. And say, oh God, I'm not going to just settle in the land of the wilderness. I'm going into the promise. I want, I, want, I want to walk in all that you have called me to walk. Not perfectly, but nevertheless walking. Amen? If we, if we can't say that the, the, the redemption of Christ it can empower us to walk confidently, to walk with integrity, to walk with, with then, then we might, what's the point of the cross? Amen? God's power, his spirit in us enables us to begin to experience some of these things amen that we could we could we could see God's greatness in our midst so we want to bear the testimony of the Lord amen let's stand let's stand and let's um Abby if you don't mind coming let's let's we're gonna sing this is the kingdom but I want to encourage you to um oh the Lord um the Lord is calling you. I, ho- I hope that you're hearing the echoes week after week. God is calling each and every one of us to a, a greater place in Jesus Christ. Not to settle. The, the tendency in the Christian life is to settle. Problems come. You know, Satan accuses us and we lose our confidence in God. And we lose sight of the fact that he's called you with a great calling. And we begin to neglect such a great salvation. But I want to encourage you today to begin to believe God and begin to believe that the Lord wants to use your life to bear the testimony of the Lord wherever you might be. But, you know, that testimony begins with you first. He He wants you to come into contact with the testimony before you tell it to others. Amen? What good is it that you tell? You have no idea, but God puts the testimony in you. And some of you right now, some of you right now, are bearing the testimony. And you might be frustrated. You might be wondering what the Lord is doing. But I believe the Lord, in that suffering, in that, in that adversity, that's part of the bearing of the testimony. And he's, he's enlarging our capacity. So let's sing and let's just call upon the Lord and just ask him. What he, whatever the Lord wants, whatever you want the Lord to do in your life, just ask him. <laughs>